With any dream, the wind won't always be at your back. The sun won't always be shining, and some rain is going to fall. American Family Insurance is like a good solid roof that you can trust to protect your biggest dreams. With plans that could save you up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto. Also, you can continue to dream fearlessly, no matter what comes your way. American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company assigned its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, The Force has given us two shows this week. Not only are we continuing coverage of Bad Batch, but we have Season 2, Episode 1 of Mandalorian. Not going to go too much into it, but we're excited. We're going to talk about that and much more about these ads we have no control over. Season 3. Leave it in there just like that. (laughs) When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Sing along if you know the words. Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts, the three of us. I'm Zuhair Ali. My name is Jay Scotty Sinclair. <laughs> and I am Andrew Rogers. And we are back talking Star Wars, talking Bad Batch. Got a lot of things to get into, but first we have a little bit of news. Andrew, what do you have for us in the Pokemon department? Yes, it was Pokemon Day, the anniversary of the initial release in Japan. I believe it's the 27th year. Uh, That was on the 27th as well, funnily enough. And they announced that they have this ongoing deal with Netflix, and they are producing the first show from this deal. It is a Netflix-produced show called Pokemon Concierge that will be produced with the help of Dwarf Studios in a stop-motion animation style. And they didn't show very much of it, but even just the singular scene that they gave us it just looks like it's already going to be very, very pretty. I can't necessarily say I'm super intrigued by the concept, but I think I'm going to give it a shot just because they're coming out with something unique, and I think that's awesome for an anime that has arguably been stuck in a rut for the past 20 years. Yeah, agreed. Pokemon has been one of those things that has the potential to diversify and do things outside of Ash trying to be the the best there ever was, but... So whether it's a success or not, I'm glad they're actually like giving it a try. Yes. And they kind of teased in that announcement that they said this is the first thing we are doing. So it seems like there are more things going on behind the scenes with, you know, Netflix's animation and Pokemon working together. The stop motion angle definitely gets my attention. Like as soon as I read that description, I was like, ooh, stop motion. That'll be really cool to see some of these like beloved and iconic Pokemon rendered in that style, but also the the title concierge. Like, I don't really know anything about the show other than what we've discussed right here, but the title concierge has me like curious, is this going to be like a different type of show that maybe focuses on like a shopkeeper or something than that, or like that rather than like, you know, the traditional trainer, like going out into the field, or maybe I'm just ignorant to like what <laughs> the role concierges serve in the world of Pokemon. 
No, honestly, Jay Scotty, you bring up a very good point that I kind of forgot. Not everyone watched the half hour Pokemon Presents presentation like I did when this all oh, happened because okay. <laughs> they they go into this. Uh, the plot of the show is there's a Pokemon resort wherein Pokemon come and they stay and they do whatever little adventures they have. And it's going to be something about the misadventures that the Pokemon specifically are having at this resort. So I don't know how many trainers are even going to be involved, but it, you are correct. It is surrounding a resort with the concierge department, probably, you know, poking mm. fun at whatever they're doing. But yeah, that's kind of the synopsis they gave us. It wasn't much to chew on, but it's at least enough to know that something is coming. But I did want to talk to your point of uh, rendering beloved characters. They had Psyduck as the first one, and he just looks <laughs> so cute in this picture. It, he's just rotund and shiny, and I love him. That's awesome. Sigh. <laughs> yeah, um, what you mentioned about the Avengers kind of reminded me of like the Pikachu shorts that used to come on before every Pokemon movie that came out. Where, like, Pikachu and the Avengers would go, like, just get into trouble while Ash and all of them are out without them. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping it at least gives me that vibe. And Pokemon also has reached that point where it's like there's over a thousand now. So it kind of, like, there's an attraction to new viewers that it's understanding if they don't know each one. Like, there's more of, like, the fascination of design more than, like the intensity of like needing to know each one like that's what playing the games has been like i was like i don't know what the hell that is is it useful okay it's in my pokedex i'm not gonna use this again let me go back to what i know um so i think there's like a little fascination to draw in a new audience with that as well but speaking of anniversaries we have the 40th anniversary of zoids and they haven't given out too much information outside of a small trailer but there is going to be a re-emergence of that that was one of the shows i absolutely loved on toonami you know, in mm -hmm. my in my exposure to anime, that's ruined me for life. But I'm very <laughs> proud of it. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued with it. I don't want to say I'm excited yet, but I am intrigued with this. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I'm as big a fan of Zoids as you are. I definitely watched a handful of episodes when I was growing up, and we were kind of talking off air how one of like the big things that stood out to me about Zoids at the time it was coming out is it was one of the first shows to really incorporate. 3D models and computer animation into a traditionally animated show. So um, it's got a fond spot in my memory for that reason. So I'll kind of be checking in on it. And I did actually have a few of the like the toys, like the models. They were some of like the easier models to put together when I was when I was younger. It didn't require like the exacto knife or the super glue. So um, if we get a new line of merchandise out, out of this, I'll kind of be paying attention to that as well. Wallets beware. Yeah, <laughs> a little Liger Zero action figure sitting on that shelf somewhere back there Ooh. from when I was like 10. Nice. Uh, one of the cool things that I'm glad that I still kept. Well, on the subject of merchandising, this next piece of news here, we will not spend very much time on at all. Uh, but what if season two is coming out? We still do not have an official release date for that. But there are spoilers out there via Funko merchandising. So um, if you're very wary of spoilers, like most of us are, go ahead and, you know, mute the proper terms on your social media, your Twitter, your news sources and whatnot. And uh, I have read the spoiler and um, I'm not upset about what I read, but I, I would caution everyone, you know, you probably, if you're sensitive to spoilers, just don't want to know. So tiptoeing around that as much as I can. It's like you're bummed that you do know. I'm a, like... 
it doesn't affect you that you knew no, but you wish that you didn't. Yeah, I, I you know, this is a whole another conversation. Like spoilers, I I don't know if I'm as sensitive to spoilers as um, either of you. I hate it, but it. it <laughs> It, it depends on what it is. Like, for example, like spoilers for uh, Endgame. Had that moment with Cap holding Mjolnir, had that been spoiled for me, I would have been livid. Yeah. But other, like, smaller, like... Oh, curse oh, this... of families, like, generations. Yeah, like, yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really think my biggest thing with spoilers, and again, it's a bigger conversation, is the way in which they are approached. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that these toys have come out and every single person has written an article on this. I'm like, yeah, some people don't want to see that. Maybe we just don't need to report on this 70 times. Whereas like if I stumble upon it because it was a small leak or because like, you know, someone told me a thing in passing, you know, it is what it is. It's when it's deliberate that people are reporting on it, that it bothers Mm. me. Yeah. Or like you, for whatever reason, like you haven't seen a movie that's in theaters and it's been like a month or two, like just kind of like that little statue of limitations. Like it, yeah. it's, it's annoying all the same, but yeah, especially when it comes to merchandise, like you have control over when that comes out. And if we don't even have like a definite date of a show, when you're showing me the stuff that's going to be in it, like screw you for that. Yeah. And, and just a quick aside, like speaking to the way articles are like written and just and headlines. The the, tw- the way the 24 hour news cycle works these days. And like a lot of these, like I, I don't even know the way to describe them. Clickbaity doesn't seem right, but just like any website can like write articles nowadays and mm-hmm. they can make whatever headlines they want. But as I was searching for animation news this week for this show, um, Andrew, I know you're a big fan of corridor as well. So they had their, like they've been building up to this um, viral video that they did where they used AI generated art to like convert, a short film they did into like they made themselves anime characters and it's rock, paper, scissors. It's really good. I definitely recommend checking it out. YouTube uh, corridor, but I saw this article and I'm not even going to give credit to the website or the journalist because I don't want to give them any like attention or anything like that. (laughs) But they were basically saying like corridors latest viral video is like morally reprehensible and like terms of like animation and what animation really means. And I'm like, if you, watch the video at all or like knew all the work that went behind it that's it's completely untrue like but hmm. anyway they, they are also on the forefront of understanding the rights and laws around ai generation so yeah, th- yeah this yeah. person very much is not informed but we digress uh go yes, check yes. them out because it is a very fun uh video i also have seen it so. yeah hmm. well any last minute thoughts before we dive into this uh, synopsis for Bad Batch? Yeah, everything else I want to talk to is anime related. So I will okay. save that for the My Hero episode, which you guys should check out. Cool. All right. Well, let's kick it off with the synopsis here. Season two, episode 11 of The Bad Batch, titled Metamorphosis. Dr. Royce Himlock travels to an Imperial facility on Mount Tantis to meet Nala Se. He tries to persuade her into taking part in the Emperor's cloning projects, but she refuses. Meanwhile, a covert transport bound for for Mount Tantus ends up stranded, and Sid assigns the Bad Batch to recover its cargo. While exploring the wreck, they discover the the cargo is an immature Zillow beast secretly cloned away from Kamino to serve as a living armament resource. An Imperial Strike Force is sent to recover the beast and capture all nearby witnesses, forcing the Bad Batch to retreat. Shortly after, Lama Su is brought to Mount Tantus to persuade Nala Se to cooperate. 
he divulges Omega's ex- Omega's existence to Doctor Hemlock in return for his freedom. I kind of want to talk about Bad Batch as a whole for a second. Okay, we're going to jump right in the deep end. Yeah, I I can't shake it. I've been thinking about it since yesterday. So Mandalorian dropped yesterday. Yeah. And I only had time to watch one show before I went to bed. I was really tired and I was like, I'm committed to Bad Batch. I'm going to watch that first. Everyone's like, Mandalorian's back. Mandalorian's back. And the animation side of me is like, but Bad Batch is still going on. Let's be excited for that. And the logical side was like, have I been happy with Bad Batch? Like, do I want to really be promoting that? Mm. So we talk week in and week out about how these feel episodic and which ones are foundational pieces and where is the season going? And this episode has kind of been like the tipping point for me because with the success of Mandalorian, we instantly went in Favreau. We trust and Filoni. We trust mm-hmm. um, a few of Filoni's backgrounds. Give me a thumbs up, a thumbs down or a meh for the shows that I'm about to mention. Star Wars, Clone Wars. Thumbs up from what I've seen. Thumbs up. Okay. Star Wars Rebels. Thumbs Never up. Never seen it. Avatar The Last Airbender. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> um, Legend of Korra. Thumbs up. Never seen it, but I hear good things. <laughs> does Bad Batch feel like it resonates the same as those shows? And does it live up to Filoni we trust? Because now I'm at the point where the episodic stuff doesn't feel meaningful. Which, in all the shows that I just mentioned, that seems to be the Filoni effect. Like, hmm. Where are you guys in episode 11 in the grand scheme of season two of Bad Batch in regards to the Star Wars universe? Yeah, you weren't here for our discussion last week, but I think last week was when we kind of came to the realization like, okay, we need a little bit more from this show or Mm -hmm. things to start paying off sooner to really be satisfied. And uh, I like this week's episode more than I liked last week's episode, but it was still very much a lot of highs and lows for me. Um, I found myself really enjoying like the homages to the classic sci-fi horror film Alien. I like the creature design of Mm -hmm. the Zillow Beast. It sounded like it made an appearance earlier on in the Clone Wars with an attack on Coruscant, but it was my first time seeing it. So it had um, its own arc. Okay. Okay. Um, But as I've kind of suggested with some of these episodes, I like action, but if it's just action for action's sake with no real character development or story development i find my attention kind of waning and i find myself getting a little bored so and that's where i landed Mm -hmm. with this episode my attention was kind of coming in and out i was like why is this why is this happening why is it not you know grabbing my attention like that and i i found myself um ultimately like i said i I, oh I, i can't believe i almost forgot this out left this out but when we saw these new Imperial commandos and I was mm-hmm. instantly reminded of like the Republic commando video game from the mid 2000s. I was nice. like, hell yeah. yes, that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was a good look. Yeah. But other than that, it was kind of like the bookends of this episode with this new character, Dr. Hemlock. And that's what ended up sticking with me more than anything else in the episode. And um, I don't, the fact that Lama Sue is still around, I was kind of like, okay, I like, I kind of verified what I said in a previous episode where the doors slid shut and we didn't know that he died, Mm -hmm. but it felt like it was implied, but I found myself kind of being like, ah, that makes it feel like the stakes aren't quite there. 
Yeah. But um, I feel like I've said a lot, so I'll uh, I'll cede my time here. No, you're good, and I, I kind of am happy I let you go first because we have three very different opinions. It feels like Zuhair is on the lower end. You were kind of in the middle. Uh huh. I hesitate to say this is my tipping point in the other direction. Okay. I'm in. I th- this episode did it for me. I like. All of the complaints that I feel like I have levied over the past 10 weeks that we've been doing this, a lot of them were answered in this episode. And I, o- I only say that I hesitate to say that it's my tipping point because we there's a lot of setup that still happened that I need those payoffs for. Mm-hmm. But what have I been talking about? Well, where's Lama Say and the Kaminoans and what's going on with the clones? Boom, we got that answered. Uh, you know, this reminder of, hey, Omega's a clone. Boom, we got that. Last week, I was like, why did we not get this payoff of Sid, you know, betraying them we got mm-hmm. mention of that that they're not going to be with sid so there's just so much of that growth and development it felt like the ball was rolling and this also might be a personal thing of seeing the zillow beast back on screen was amazing to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like Hare mentioned that is a whole arc in star wars the clone wars where they have to fight the zillow beast blah 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 whatever and okay. then at the end, this is like the second season of the show. Brought the it back en- to Coruscant. <laughs> well, yeah, they brought it back to Coruscant, but I went back and double checked at the end of the last episode of the arc. Uh, Palpatine takes a scientist to the side and says, here's your new orders. I want you to go through with this without anyone knowing. And the scientist looks and says, wait, you want me to clone the beast? And Palpatine doesn't say anything and he gets the sinister grin that is trademarked to him and just walks off screen. And that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. And this character's never mentioned again for the entirety of Clone Wars. It's that throwaway, hey, I want you to clone this. We might come back to this. And I thought it was gone forever. So to get mm-hmm. that thread pulled from gotta be at least 15 years ago almost at this point mm-hmm. um, is just awesome to me. So I feel so much resonating out of this episode that I'm like, they did it. They're bringing things together. It feels like this story is back. You know, we're talking about tech and or not tech and echo uh, echo and Rex at the end. Mm -hmm. If they keep up this momentum, like I said, it's the tipping point for me because I, they answered my things and gave me a little bit more to chew on. It's just, if they, their track record is anything to go by. I'm not hopeful that next episode we're going to get those payoffs. And I think that's why I'm hesitating. I love the episode as a singular piece, but please make it a bigger piece of the puzzle. That's all All that I ask. Both of you said two very important things. Scoots, you said steaks. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had my dinner, so I'm not talking about food right now. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I, I wonder like aside from all the character development that they're giving tech, like I'm wondering like, oh, there's a big monster in a scary tunnel. Like, is one of our heroes going to die this week? Like, I didn't feel that at all this week. Sure. And Andrew, I, f- I share your your sentiment of like the excitement of grabbing something from Clone Wars and mentioning Rex. But because we've had so much fillerish nonsense that like we're still questioning what it leads up to. That's what made like when they mentioned Rex and Echo, I wanted to be excited. But my instinct was like, make me care. Like, is their appearance going to matter or are you just going to do a one-off and then go back to, like, the weekly adventures of the Bad Batch? Mm -hmm. They have the potential for the next few episodes to give me a storyline that I care about, but, like, I have my doubts now on if they're actually going to be able to do it. Now I'm at the point where it's like, prove it to me that you actually have a plan for the season and you're not just throwing out Disney XD storylines every week. Yeah, and I'm I'm reminded, like, this whole conversation about whether or not the story thread is going to be continued or not. Like, I certainly think 
with Dr. Hemlock learning about Omega, that's going to be followed. But in terms mm-hmm. of like this Zillow beast, I do remember a line, I believe it was Hunter to text said, oh, just send that to Echo and Rex and they'll they'll follow up on that. So then, um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but the other thing that came to mind um, as you were kind of like, you know, watching this and wondering about whether or not characters were in jeopardy and, and what the stakes really were, um, I did find myself, um, the camera kept focusing on this one Imperial Commando, the one with like the orange color accents. Okay. And I was like, why yep. does the camera keep like going back to him and lingering on him for a little bit? And I was I was expecting some kind of character reveal, like maybe even Crosshair until he spoke. And it was just, you know, uh, D. Bradley Baker doing his his typical clone voice there. And then I found out, you know, the whole point was just to like have this character that was like, oh, we saw... We saw people there. We saw another, you know, party there and they left and got away. So um, the fact that the Bad Batch will be pursued in that regard, it was kind of a mixed bag for me. I was like, okay, that's why they kept going back to that character. But I I don't know. I kind of wanted something more substantial there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Imperials being involved in that chase scene. It's one of those things where it's like I, I caught myself just trying not to get my hopes too high for something impactful. Yeah, and I think all of your complaints are, you know, relevant and proper. I think I'm just still on the optimistic side. I don't know why it might I want to be with you. (laughs) And I I think it might just be my love of the Clone Wars in general. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it might be just protruding that I'm holding out hope a little longer. And also just trying to remember back, like, the first two seasons of Rebels I was never really in. The first two seasons of Clone Wars I was never really in. So there is that bit of Filoni storytelling that I'm like, okay, maybe maybe there's hope of we get that character development. And we get that little bit more to grab onto. But yeah, I, I can't argue anything against your points other than eh, it's preference. I still had a great time. Yeah. And I, I think that's... I think that's what's cool at the end of the day is that we could all three have relevant things to say that are all true. Like none of us can argue any of the other's point. Yeah. It's back to the, the Gungi episode where I was super excited and Scoots didn't like it very much. And you were in the middle. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's star Wars and I love it. And like, I know I like every time I start my little monologues, it's talking about how incredible the animation is. And I don't want to forget to say that because sure. like, again, the lighting was incredible. Like, they know how to build a horror scene. I just didn't, mm-hmm. I just wasn't scared for anybody this episode. Like yeah. everything oh, yeah. was gorgeous in that. And, and like that alone, like holds my attention so well. And I just, I, I know that they're capable of good storytelling. Uh, the first two episodes of season one, the middle two of season one, like the last two were absolutely incredible. We had our awesome crosshair episode. Mm-hmm. We had the two in the middle with Rex that I really enjoyed. Um, so it's like, I know what you're capable of and I just don't want filler nonsense. Like, just give me eight bangers or 10 bangers, like with like one, like slightly above exciting or slightly below exciting episode. It's just tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. It is. Like, especially cause like, I, I feel like as us as animation fans, we have to defend it a lot. So when mm-hmm. we have Bad Batch coming out in the midst of Obi-Wan and Boba Fett and Mandalorian and like all that stuff, like it just yeah. makes our jobs harder when they don't give us something to, de- to consistently defend. When we're having to defend it to ourselves <laughs> internally yeah. as the three hosts that love animation, <laughs> I can only imagine what 
for lack of a better term, the common watcher is thinking. The people who are just casual Star Wars fans are probably not consuming this because we're having to force ourselves to hit play. They're binging it while they're cooking dinner or something. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like that's your line. Because like you said, the lighting was amazing. That cold open knocked my socks off of that Mm -hmm. one commando running around. It was fantastic. And then uh, Jimmy Simpson, he deserves credit for coming out and delivering the just a sinister villain. He was the one that played Dr. Hemlock. Ooh, and okay. um, for any of you who have seen Westworld, he yes. is a main character in the first season of Westworld. I'm not going to say who he plays. You'll have to watch the show and figure that out. <laughs> but like just he has such just venom in every word that is coming out of that doctor's mouth. And the whole time I was like, I don't know who this is, but what they're killing it. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy Simpson, J-I-M-M-I. Yeah, if you, a lot of people will recognize him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know the character's name on that show, um, but he was also in um, like season three of House of Cards, I want to say. He played like a hacker where you got to see more of like a tortured uh, performance from him. But I, I like Jimmy Simpson a lot and I had no idea that he was doing the voice there. So I uh, definitely appreciate that call out there. But uh, you're so here. And, uh, beware my power. Okay, nice. Oh, he's Green Arrow, excuse me. Oh, Green Arrow, okay. Um, <laughs> Zuhair, when you were kind of talking about, like, you know, maybe give us fewer episodes and get to the point a little bit faster, I started, like, kind of going on this mental tangent where I was thinking about, yeah, what, like, it reminds me of, like, kind of my complaint with some of, like, you know, the Marvel Netflix shows when those were kind of, like, in full swing. They always felt like they were a few episodes too long. And now with some of the shows on Disney+, Plus, it's like, uh, like, six episodes is too short. It always feels like we're rushing to get to this finale. So I know it's not, you know, cut and dry. Every show is different and has to like find its own pacing and get there. But I'm like finding that I think like the eight to 10 episode range is really kind of the sweet spot. And I'm thinking of like WandaVision that was nine episodes and that felt like perfect. I having, you know, been watching game of Thrones here recently, most of them come in right around um, 10 episodes. I watched um, uh, now I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, was Vox 10 or 12? Uh, well, Vox was longer. Vox was 12. Yeah. Vox was 12. Uh, well, I'm, and it wasn't even animation. It was um, Severance. Severance on Apple TV. Oh, which, yeah. It was nine episodes, and it was perfect. Uh, Watchmen on HBO Max. I think that was like a 10-episode season, and it was a perfect season of television. Obi-Wan so. Kenobi was six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think was also six. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, I I know there's a lot of business things going on behind the scenes, but I really question why it wasn't shorter because they are a hundred and twenty percent getting overshadowed by the Mandalorian right now. If yeah. they cut off four episodes and finish last week instead of crossing over with the Mandalorian, they'd be in a slightly better position than they are. I can yeah. guarantee that their viewership is going to be dropping due to the Mandalorian coming back. And that, that does suck. I am very surprised it, that the mastermind of the Disney schedule does not have every star Wars Marvel thing mapped out so that they're not overlapping. We have five more episodes of bad batch. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be like the joy kill of the episode, but just at the same time, it's like, it sucks that we know the potential of the show and we just love the star Wars universe. And it's kind of like, like put, put the resources into this that you're doing to Mandalorian 
like give us the big picture stuff more often Mm. i love tech but i don't need any more tech character development episodes i need (laughs) i need meaningful storyline please well i'm okay with the tech character development if it like pays off in the big story and Mm. i feel like it sucks guys a don't you dare (laughs) Um, dare. I, i just feel like it's it really sucks because of how much in our defense we've been able to come up with intriguing stories for them to tell Mm -hmm. They have laid the groundwork. They've proven it out. There's an entire story of, hey, Palpatine mysteriously came back. I wonder if he was cloned. Let's just tell that story of these clones fighting against that cloning process. And boom, there you go. Cut dry. You've explained away the weirdest decision you've ever made while making a good, intriguing show. Like, it's right there on a silver platter. I'm just trying to figure out why they're not taking it. Yeah, I'm shrugging to the most that my shoulder will allow me to do. Yes, hands <laughs> hands up. Yeah, that that was someone who wants to be positive. That was like <laughs> monologue shuts it down. I agree, though. It was a fun episode. We sung its praises for animation and stuff, but uh, yep. even the guy who enjoyed it is out of things to say. <laughs> we have a lot of people who like who drop into animation deliberation when we cover specifically Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. So it's like I really want mm-hmm. to hear from those people, like. For the, like, thank you, first off, for coming back, like, just to listen to us because we're covering this content. But, like, are you happy with the series? Do you expect more? Did you expect less? Like, what did, what are your thoughts on this? Are we all in the same... I mean, we're... I mean, the three of us aren't even in the same boat, but, like, what boat are you guys in? What episodes have made you happy? What episodes have just really frustrated you? Are you happy with the progression of Season 2? Or do you think it's not lived up to, like, what we know Star Wars is capable of? Yeah. I, I'm on the Black Pearl, personally. That's the boat that I choose to be on. <laughs> As I'm just thinking about myself in like a rowboat going down the river by myself, just like do do do. Kermit the Frog just down the creek by myself. <laughs> Though I was rewatching Attack on Titan, and like Armin was just like in the little boat by himself. It's like, what are you doing down there? Don't you know there's ships going around? And then he turns a Colossal Titan. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> all right well uh sounds like we have uh exhausted everything we have to say about this one uh anything that we'd like to let the listeners know about plugs or upcoming appearances on other shows so much animation to talk about please keep up with our episodes and make sure you're subscribed yeah yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i was going to say quick is just a schedule update for all of the listeners we don't know when the episodes are all going to come out but today we are recording for this bad batch and my hero academia as always currently our schedule is looking like monday is going to be our recording for the premiere of attack on titan and the demon slayer movie so get your tickets see that over the weekend and then we will have something coming out for you content wise next week and then hopefully still do our normal bad batch my hero recordings and we'll figure out where Attack on Titan fits into this mess after. But there you go. That's what we're currently looking at over the course of the next week. Yay, yeah. yay, anime. Yeah, and we didn't have any feedback uh, for this episode. So if you, if you know the prompt for your thoughts on Bad Batch or if you're watching Attack on Titan or going to see Demon Slayer in theaters this weekend, please let us know what you thought so we can share your thoughts on the show. Animation Deliberation Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do that. Uh, send us a written email or record yourself and send us that audio file and we will play it on the show. And in addition to that, you are also welcome to send us any of your feedback on all of our social medias. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Animation Deliberation, or on Twitter at Animation Delib1.
All right. Well, thank you for listening. Like the show, rate the show, share the show, and keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. May the force be with you, and as always, stay whelmed. And until the Zillow Beast returns once more, muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.